Hello, you are listening to the Treadweary Podcast, the audio arm of Treadweary.com, where we gather around the Word of God to hear what it is that God has done for us, so that we might receive from Him the gifts of His grace and mercy. Join Pastor Smee as we take a look at the text coming up for us with this following Sunday to hear what it is that God has to tell us and to open our hearts and our minds as we prepare to worship together. Well, greetings, church. Gracious and warm welcome to you here as we gather again around God's Word as we take a look at the text for the upcoming Sunday. Today, uh, we're going to forego our, our psalm reading only because, only because I normally don't do this, but because the, the text that we have for our epistle reading, for our second lesson this Sunday out of 1 Corinthians 8, is rather long. It's the entire chapter. And in order to be able to cover uh, some things, some, some ideas that come out of that, uh, we need to devote our whole uh, 10 minutes here together to that. But with that being said, let us calm our hearts and our minds before we begin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Now concerning food sacrificed to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Anyone who claims to know something does not yet have the necessary knowledge, but anyone who loves God is known by him. Hence, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that no idol in the world really exists, and that there is no God but one. Indeed, even though there are there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as in fact there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. It is not everyone, however, who has this knowledge. Since some have become so accustomed to idols until now, they still think of the food they eat as food offered to an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. Food will not bring us close to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat and are no better off if we do. But take care that this liberty of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if others see you, who possess knowledge, eating in the temple of an idol, might they not, since their conscience is weak, be encouraged to the point of eating food sacrificed to idols? So by your knowledge, those weak believers for whom Christ died are destroyed. But when you thus sin against members of your family and wound their conscience that is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food is a cause of their falling, I will never eat meat, so that I may not cause one of them to fall. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is one of those texts that, unless uh, uh, we were there in in first century Corinth or or first century Greek culture, it's really hard for us to understand because we're like, meat sacrificed to idols. What? What? You know, because many of us, you know, Whatever we we don't even think about that. You know, a lot of us get our meat that's hermetically sealed on the on the styrofoam tray, right, with plastic wrap. We we don't even really think about where it comes from unless we're a hunter. Then we then we go out and and kill our own deer or or, or squirrel or whatever. Well, here he's talking about this this food sacrificed to idols because they're at the temples. Basically, we're the the meat markets. <laughs> they were the butchers of the city. Uh, there would be little restaurants there attached so that it'd be a way for, for uh, to, to make some money. 
but then also it'd be a place where you would take an animal and, and you would have it maybe blessed by one of these priests or, or priestesses and, and, and it would be dispatched and, and cleaned for you and, and all these things. Well, here Paul has this image. Um, first, first he, he tells us that, that our biggest failing is our pride. Our biggest failing is our presumed knowledge. Our biggest failing is that we, we tend to think we are smarter than we are. And so we, we will be in some sort of enlightened state and we'll look down upon somebody who, who has not become quote-unquote enlightened, whatever, whatever that might be. I wonder what that might be for you. Are, are there people who have treated you a certain way because you, you sit there and you have a particular belief in something or a particular understanding of something and it doesn't fit into their more progressive understanding of, of, of how the world works in some way, shape, or form? And, and Paul says, no, instead of knowledge, instead of pride, it, it, we should be attached to love, love for our brothers, love for our sisters. And so he says, hence as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that no idol in the world really exists and there is no God but one. And he goes on to say, well, yeah, there's a lot of gods, there's a lot of lords. Gods, I, I use the, the air quotes um, for that because he's talking about how that more often than not, it's our human instinct, our sinner instinct that we want to be God. That's, that's the, 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 uh, the sin, the, the, the first sin, the original sin of, of ourselves, of Adam and Eve, was the desire that they could become like God. And so that's, that's normally our movement as sinners, is that we want control over our own little kingdom, our own little, little universe. And here he's saying, well, there are many gods and there are many your lords. Yet for us as Christians, there is one God. The Father, from whom all are all things. So all things coming through him, all of creation, all the gifts of the world come through him, and for whom we exist, meaning that 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 it, it, everything about us is, is should should be turned towards God as the Spirit is working in us, turned towards God. And, and then we have the, the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things. So so um, so so going through Christ, going through the Word, comes all things because God speaks. We we talked about that earlier this week. God speaks, and creation happens. And Christ is that speaking, that spoken word. But then through whom we exist, He says, meaning that we, that we live. In Christ. That is where our life is now. We have died and we are hidden with Christ in God. That's Colossians 3.3. That's become my verse of the century right now. I'm, I'm obsessed with it. But then he goes on to say, it's, it is not everyone, however, who has this knowledge. Not everyone who has this faith. But instead, some are, are terrified. They're worried because of those idols. They see them as demons. They see them as something supernatural. So they won't go to that idol temple. And they won't eat idol meat. They will only eat the meat that they maybe process and take care of themselves or, or that they know of its origin from one place or, or the other. And so it, it would be in Christian freedom, he's saying, well, in Christian freedom, you're able to eat whatever the heck you want to. You're able to eat wherever the heck you want to. None of that matters. That doesn't matter to God one bit. What matters to God is our life in Christ and receiving from God gladly, 
thankfully those gifts that he gives to us the 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 he, he goes on later to say that that it's that's it's not about eating particular foods at particular times in particular ways but it's about being thankful to god for what it is that god gives to us wherever it may come from but he says that out of our christian freedom comes christian love and christian devotion both to god and to our neighbor as Luther tells us, we are, uh, we are free and yet we are enslaved. We are free lords of all in Christ, but then we are also duty-bound slaves of all in Christ, meaning that we serve our neighbor in this way. And so if we have a neighbor who's weak in their conscience, who sees you eating in an in a idle temple, uh, eating at their meat market, eating at their little restaurant, they're going to think less of you, maybe. Or even worse, they're, they're going to be coaxed into eating that idle meat. And with that, it's going to harm them. It's going to hurt their conscience. They're going to be broken. They're going to say, oh God, I've sinned against you. I've sinned, I've sinned, I've sinned. And they're going to be hurt because of that work of, of, of going and, and eating there. That it goes against their conscience, goes against what they believe. And so the Christian life is one in which, yes, we have freedom. But we have to take seriously the fact that there's going to be some people who don't believe that a Christian is free to eat idle meat. So I wonder for you, maybe think about this as, as we head towards Sunday. What is idle food to you today? What do we have in our society that could be considered idle food in which we as Christians are often very quick to move ahead and say, oh no, go ahead, it's no big deal, whereas other Christians maybe, or the world around us, says, wait, I'm not prepared for that. Well, let us pray. Compassionate God, you gather the whole universe into your radiant presence and continually reveal your Son as our Savior. Bring wholeness to all that is broken and speak truth to us in our confusion that all creation will see and know your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Well, church, think about that. Think about that idle food. Until tomorrow, go in peace. Serve the Lord. We'll see you then.